Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. It's not one, but it's two back to back state titles for the Goodland Cowgirls. To the pros. Kick on the way. It is up. And good. It's good. The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Corey Seeger smashes the ball. Down the line. Goodbye. Three to nothing, Texas. Garoppolo is in the gun, his arms extended, there's the snap, the hand to Jacobs, over the guard, on the hash, and into the end zone, twirling for the touchdown. The Raiders score on a beautiful 75-yard drive, and they camp it off on a three-yard touchdown run by Josh Jacobs. Two on pitch. of the Raiders under center the quarterback off he gets the snap hands off Gibbs breaking a tackle 20 coming to the near side the 10 near sideline five he goes inside the pylon that is a Detroit touchdown finishes off a one two three nine and what a Texas turnaround here in game three from losing nine to one in game two to winning three to one and retaking the lead in the series Hey, good Tuesday morning. Welcome back inside the Morning Blitz on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Of course, also online, nwksradio.net, the Rocking M-Map. Glad you're with us here on October the 31st. Happy Halloween to all those out there who celebrate and take place. Look forward to seeing many different costumes stop by the Volkmer House today. Uh, tonight, I should say. Look forward to seeing that. So uh, that is what's a... So happy Halloween to everybody out there. Uh, I do not have a costume for this year. My kids do. Um, trying to think of like some of my favorite costumes growing up. You know, I was just one of those kids that growing up. I remember, you know, the, the football player. I think it was like a Joe Montana. One of those. Remember those? You ever, anybody else remember those those NFL uh, uniform kits you could buy? The pants, the shoulder pads. Everyone should remember that. Like everyone who was a sports fan had those. I had multiple of those growing up and stuff. So. Uh, anyway, great to be with you here. I think one of my favorite Halloween costumes of all time, and it wasn't even Halloween because it was homecoming for, uh, and it was a twins day or twin day or famous couples day. That's what it was at homecoming. My senior year of high school and my brother and I went as the blues brothers and we had an old car, uh, that my grandfather had, and so we drove that old black car. <laughs> so it was just like we we pulled up looking like the Blues, Blues Brothers. We left the school looking like the Blues Brothers. It was an interesting day. Uh, that's probably one of my favorites, even though it's a non-Halloween story, nonetheless. Uh, great to have you with us here on The Morning Blitz. As always, thoughts and comments welcome on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's the number part of The Morning Blitz. Here on this Tuesday morning where... We will uh, be visiting with Nick Birch of MileHighReport.com, talking to him about the big win for the Denver Broncos. And we'll be talking with him and asking some interesting questions about the Broncos and where they sit right now. Three wins on the season, you know, still a long, a long road to climb out of the cellar that they put themselves in. But nonetheless, I look forward to visiting Nick Birch coming up here at about uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, we'll also get into... 
I was sitting there thinking, what are we going to talk about? And we just like to rank some things or, or, or put some standings on some things. And going to go with quarterback, NFL quarterback tiers today. I was watching Monday Night Football last night as saw the Raiders just look absolutely lost offensively for the most part. And was like, man, looking at the quarterbacks, like who is like, so and I've got the good, the bad or average and the ugly. The good, bad, and ugly, which bad is going to be kind of be placed by the average so far this season. Not based upon what you've done in the past, not based upon what you might do in the future, what based upon what you're doing right now as we sit here at the end of what week eight of the NFL football season. So good, bad, and the ugly, or the good, average, and ugly uh, for our quarterback tiers. So we'll get to that coming up in our third segment of the day. I wanted to get into a couple things, though. First segment, first and foremost, like I mentioned, Monday Night Football uh, Raiders Lions last night. Detroit hosting a Monday Night Football game for the first time since 2018. They win at home 26 14. I was trying to remember the last time they won a Monday Night Home Football game. I re- don't remember that stat being put out there, but it's been a while. But 26 14, the win. It really never felt like the game was in question. It kind of felt like it, even though at one point in time, I think the Raiders. I think they were only down 9-7 at some point in time in the second quarter. It just it really never felt like the game was was going to be in question. Uh, the Lions were going to beat the Raiders. It felt like the game was over when uh, they ran into the end zone late in the fourth quarter. Though it got called back, and then they kicked a field goal, and they missed it, uh, did Detroit. But the game never seemed like it was out of question. It was it was Detroit's. They, they were no doubt the better team. Jared Goff. 26 to 37, 272, a touchdown, a pick. Jameer Gibbs ran wild over the Raiders' defense. 26 carries, 152 yards, and a score. In fact, the Lions ran for 43 times for 222 yards, averaging over five yards per carry in a score. And 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 here's the thing that that I guess puzzles me the most, especially about the Raiders going into this. I mean, their offense is just so bad. The biggest discrepancy I thought was just amount of plays ran 81 to 45. I mean, if the Lions were able to squeeze out nine more plays, they would have doubled the amount of plays the Raiders had last night on the in the game. I mean, it, such a lopsided game. 29 first downs to 12, 81 plays to 45, 486 total yards to 157 for an NFL football team. Jimmy Garoppolo looks completely lost. 10 of 21 for 126 in a pick. They have a good running back in Josh Jacobs, but they don't really like to give him a lot of opportunities, it don't seem like. 15 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. He also had two receptions for 27 yards. But it feels like they need to load him up more. And their best, probably, player besides Josh Jacobs in Devontae Adams is a complete... Uh, he's, he's completely being not used correctly. Or and, and when he was asked to make a couple, he was targeted seven times. He had one catch. One of those, they needed a first down on, hit him in the hands. He dropped it. And so the Vegas Raiders are in a lot. Of, they're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot big bad spot right now. They are in a bad spot. So they they have a they're they're they are no doubt to me the worst team in the NFC or the AFC West. They're worse than the Broncos. No doubt the Chiefs and the Chargers. They're the worst team. Even though they might have beaten some of those teams, I still think they're the worst team when you look at them on paper. And everyone is frustrated in that locker room hearing post-game comments uh, last night and this morning. I mean, people are mad. And I I think it all goes back to the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. 
I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is 10 of 21. That's not going to get it done. With no touchdowns and a pick, you're not going to get that. You're not going to win a lot of games when you have more giveaways than touchdowns. And Jimmy Garoppolo right now in that spot last night. So they got to get, they've got to get it right. And I don't know if that means going to just Aiden O'Connell going forward, the backup quarterback. I don't know if he gives them a better chance or not. I don't know. But man, not a good showing last night from the Raiders. And I don't know that the way the comments were being said after the game, there's going to be some dissension in the locker room. And that's going to result in some pretty bad stuff going forward, one would think. But I, on it, and here's the thing like, Devontae Adams is in a spot where he's. You know, I think he's mad. He's upset. You know, he came to play for his favorite team and also get paid a lot of money. Let's face that. He's getting paid to make, he's getting paid a ton of money. But on top of that, you know, he's he's not getting, I think, the the looks that he wants. Heck, he was overthrown a couple of times. Him and Jimmy Garoppolo are just not on the same page any way, shape, or any way, shape, or form. It's not. I mean, it's they're not. And and that's where I guess it, it, I was thinking about this actually sitting here getting ready for the show this morning. We were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and what does he do next? And you know the not that the Raiders would do this, but you know it seems like almost a perfect opportunity for the Chiefs to 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 drop in and give them a bunch of whatever it may be, trade some players, maybe a pick or two, and bring in Devontae Adams to help Patrick Mahomes. I don't. The Raiders would not do that, being rivals. They would not allow that to happen unless it was just a king's ransom for Devontae Adams. But boy. It sure seems like something the Chiefs would find a way to do. Uh, you know, Brett Veach is so good about doing that kind of stuff, and it seems like this would be the right thing to do, um, trying to find themselves. Because, honestly, looking at the Chiefs, and I was going to talk about this a little bit more here in, in just a little bit, um, the Chiefs, you know, I was looking more into this Denver Bronco-Chiefs matchup, and there was a couple things that really stood out to me, uh, and I mentioned some of it yesterday in the program, talking about how, you know, Denver had a great game plan and executed pretty well. You know, the, the way to beat really good offensive teams is to keep your offense on the field. Picking up first downs, shortening the game by running the ball. By doing that, and then also capping drives with points helps as well. Um, you know, whether that's field goals, but hopefully particular touchdowns, which Denver did a decent amount of that. But they had a great game plan and they executed that. I mean, you can have a great game plan, but can you execute it? Well, they had a great game plan and they executed against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on Sunday. But here's the other thing, and I, we we keep talking about this, and and I know that our good friends, you know, Nick Athen of Chiefs Blitz, and our good friend from the Kansas City Star, Jesse Newell, have taught us told us before, you know, he they believe oh I think that wide receiver is going to be fine, and, and maybe it will be. I, I don't know, but it ain't looking that way right now. That Chiefs room is that Chiefs wide receivers room is feels like it's still a year or two away. Rasheed Rice is showing pieces. Sky Moore hasn't done really anything so far this year. Yes, they have Travis Kelsey. Marquez Valdez Cantling is not a number one receiver. They they don't they don't have the playmakers that Mahomes needs besides Travis Kelsey to continue to find success. Uh, I mean, they're they're winning. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sit here and say like the sky is falling for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I just that the wide receiver room is not on the same level that I think it needs to be to ha- hopefully have the same success the Chiefs fans want to have, which is going back deep into the playoffs and hopefully Super Bowl run again. They got to get better at the wide receiver spot, and that's where I guess last night I was thinking about, it, and then this morning as well. Geez, you know what? 
man, it'd be really funny if they found a way to trade for Devontae Adams because, boy, that would really pick up that wide receiver room. That would really pick it up. Because, boy, it really feels like Kansas City needs to make a move before the trade deadline to try and figure something, just to make a trade at the trade deadline and try and find some way to get your quarterback a little bit better weapons on the outside. Uh, The Chiefs have a great defense. The defense is great. It's a top-five defense in the NFL. And so they they just they need to they need to go out and find some other ones. I think they just they got to go find some other ones. I know we're getting text messages in some uh, Christian Peck Dimmit listening to the show. Uh, talking about they won with Juju's number one wide receiver. Yeah, that's fine. But, but I maybe Juju's a better wide receiver than we're going to give him credit for. It just it doesn't look like they have the weapons right now to get it done. Once again, maybe that's going to change here as the season progresses on. Those wide receivers get more comfortable, but it just doesn't look like it right now. Right now, if I'm a defensive coordinator, okay, we're going to cover 87. Make sure he doesn't beat us. Let's force these other wide receivers to make plays and see if they can. Maybe they can. I don't know, but it didn't happen on Sunday. It did not happen on Sunday. So, once again, I go back to the Monday football thinking, man, how great would it be if they could find a way to trade for Devontae Adams? Once again, do not believe in any way, shape, or form that uh, that that would that 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 would happen. Do not believe that in any way, shape, or form that that would happen. But it's something to think about going forward. Uh, also, last night the World Series last night was happening. Uh, the Texas Rangers get a three-one victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I don't I don't understand. Like, listening to post-game and, and some of the broadcast, it was almost like as if they were surprised that Texas got the win. You know, they're unbeaten on the road this year. Is it because Arizona beat them 9-1 to that they thought Texas was just going to roll over and die? I, I don't get that all whatsoever. Here's the biggest thing that stood out to me about last night's game. And honestly, the fir- two out of the first three games, you want to talk about big money bats and big money players? The Texas Rangers put a lot of money in the bank account of Corey Seager, and Corey Seager is living up to that payday. He's had two very big home runs, a two-run bomb in the ninth in Game 1 and a two-run bomb in the third in Game 3. And those, one, changed the trajectory of a game, which should have been an Arizona win, and then in Game 3... Gave Texas just enough offensive support to help them get a win in game number three. So, or in game one and game three. Nonetheless, Corey Seager with that two-run blast in the third off Brandon Fott. Who once again I thought was pretty good. I mean, you give up three runs. you got to find a way to score more runs. Arizona had a chance early in the game. Christian Walker ran through the stop sign, got got thrown out at home. Uh, That kind of stuff is going to happen from time to time. Give credit to Texas pitching. They were really good, including former Rocky uh, John Gray. Uh, picked up the win last night. Three innings, a hit. Three Ks, no walks, no runs. Very, very clean. Yeah, they did a great job. I mean, six hits is all Arizona was able to muster, which was still was one more or one more than what Texas got. But Texas was able to get a little bit more power behind those balls and, and score some runs with it. And... 
Tonight is is game number four between the Diamondbacks and the and the Rangers. Going to see Andrew Heaney pitch for the Rangers, and Arizona's going to go with the Johnny Holstaff approach with Joe Mantiply getting the start and then using that bullpen up uh, to try and find a way to even the series up at two games apiece, which, I don't know, Arizona has found ways to win uh, these type of games when people think, well, it's over. They've, they've found a way to bounce back. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Arizona win here tonight. But we will we'll see. We will see, uh, no doubt, offense, uh, you know, finding, getting those hits, those, cr- those critical hits are so key in the World Series right now. I and mean, everybody's got pretty good pitching. Can you find a way to get those big-time hits in those big-time moments? be interesting to see how that all shakes out here coming up in game in game four tonight. Once again, that's at uh, seven, uh, 7 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. You can watch it on Fox, but uh, Rangers-Diamondbacks game four of the World Series. Once again, I'm not, I'm just, I just, I was kind of surprised here. The postgame talk about people made it sound like, well, man, the Rangers got the win in game three. Kind of surprising. They're unbeaten on the, they don't lose on the road. They haven't lost on the road yet. They're a great road team. And once again, the Rangers are, you know, they're, they're the team that picked to win it all. If Arizona wins a World Series, it's a humongous upset. If the Rangers win the World Series, it's not, they were the team picked to win. And honestly, when the season began, they probably weren't team picked to win, but they've got some good pieces. A lot more expensive pieces than Arizona does. So, once again, as I've said many times before, anything Arizona does in this series, it's all gravy. Uh, it would be great to see them win the World Series as a fan, absolutely. But, uh, once again, it's all great from this point in time going forward. All right, uh, we're at 726 Mountain, 826 Central Time here on a Tuesday. Happy Halloween to all those out there. We'll take a break, come back. Uh, we'll be joined by Nick Birch of MileHighReport.com, visiting with him about the Denver Broncos and their huge win against the Chiefs, what it means going forward for this team, uh, maybe stuff at the trade deadline. If anything at all, we'll get to Nick Birch and his thoughts next. You're listening to The Morning Blitz.